So uh, how do you, what's your title again, the uh, peer specialist? Yeah, my name is Justin Volpe. I'm a certified recovery peer specialist with the 11th Judicial Criminal Mental Health Project Jail Diversion Program of Miami-Dade County. So, uh, yeah, thanks a lot for coming on the show with me here today. And uh, can you talk a little bit about how, uh, sort of from the beginning, how you, you know, how you're in your family, how there was that sort of, uh, uh, sort of trauma down, uh, like from your grandparents, if I remember correctly. Right. Well, I have a, my family has a history of trauma and mental illness. And, um, my grandfather came to the, the belief that he was a uh, prophet from God and that the world was ending. The apocalypse was among us. And this is the world that I was brought up in and that the world would end. And, uh, you know, what, wasn't a very good place and um you know it was very traumatic for me as a child to come to that revelation that uh the world as we knew it would not be around anymore and uh i eventually got out of that situation and revamped re, re uh connected to regular people and <laughs> the, the regular world but uh it was a tough transition okay cool so um and then maybe what was the next sort of uh, trauma that you had in your life? I, I lost a close friend of, of mine at, at an early age. Um, it was our freshman year of high school. He it was one of the first friends I had made after leaving the group uh, that my grandfather had been involved with, uh, the apocalyptic group, and uh, was one of the first friends I had made outside in regular public school. He passed away as a mo in a motorcycle accident, in a dirt bike accident, in 1999. And after he died, I turned to uh, drugs and alcohol to cope. And I, I mean, at the time, I'm, I imagine maybe you were. Were you uh, you were aware then that you were doing that as a coping mechanism? No, no, of course not. I look back on that now. Um, I was very uh, insecure. I was very. Uh, not in touch with the way I aware of my feelings and what was going on. And, uh, actually I, um, I didn't know I was using that as a coping method, but I went from a secluded kid to the life of the party when I found drugs and alcohol and it was a way to cope and fit in. So really, I mean, it really helped you initially there and it, uh, yeah, but it, it, other things suffered, like my grades and my family life. No, but initially you saw, you saw it as, uh, you know, helping you out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I felt better. Right. You know? So, you know, you get high or you drink, you feel better initially, especially at a young age. Right, and then, uh, was that, did you have the, mo the accident after that yourself? No, I had an accident before when I was in fifth or sixth grade. Sixth grade. I got into a um, go-kart accident and I crashed off a cliff and actually 45-foot cliff. And that's actually when I was first introduced to like morphine because they had given it to me as a oh, painkiller. Okay. And I think, I really think, even though I was 12 or 13, I really think that opened up the 
the neurons in my, <laughs> to be receptive to drugs. I remember the nurse said, uh, I'm going to give you some, some morphine. I said, okay. Right. She said, is that enough? I said, you know, I didn't say anything. She's like, yeah, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. So I, yeah, I went through that. I got through high school. I moved down to Miami, um, oblivious of the trauma that I had experienced and coping, trying to cope with it. But, with, but uh, let me ask you this, Justin. Up until um, up until this time, did anybody bring um, bring to your attention the, the sort of uh, magnitude of these traumas or maybe how they would affect you? Um, well, I didn't tell anybody about them, and um, nobody picked nobody, up on it. Yeah, nobody picked up on it, and no outside teacher or counselor in school really knew about it. Well, you your parents? What about your parents? You know, they uh, they had a strong belief in 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 uh, my grandfather's teachings and uh, and the the religious group that he had been a part of, and uh, they kind of believed some of the stuff he still said. So it was it was tough. So, uh, so anyway, going back to the Miami uh, chapter in your life, what, uh, what, yeah, t- talk about that a little bit. So I moved to Miami after high school and, you know, things just escalated. I, I started to hang with a bad crowd and the drugs and alcohol became more intense and, you know, things, thing. it was easier to find, uh, illegal drugs and a, than a stable job, you know, and because I was dealing with, uh, unaddressed traumatic issues and what would be the onset of mental illness and my substance abuse problem, I, it was hard for me to stay employed anywhere and live a stable life. So, um, so then, uh, I don't know if you want to go into the, um, and how, like, how, when did it lead towards, uh, I guess there were some, some steps in between, then eventually uh, winding up at the Dade County Jail. Right. Well, I, uh, I had been to rehabilitations. I had been hospitalized. And um, they had died. They had prescribed me medication. But because the, the trauma was unaddressed, and mm-hmm. I, it wasn't. At the age I was 22 years old, I wasn't at the age where I had the insight to realize right. I had a mental mental illness. I didn't want to take the medication, and I tried to use drugs to cope with the way I was feeling. Still, like I had always done, right? And it eventually led me to jail. And while you were <laughs> in jail, then uh, you got you were sort of given the opportunity to go to a treatment, right? Right, right. It was a very horrible experience in jail, and things were very traumatic in there. Um, heard people getting beat, and you know, people screaming all night. Had me up on the ninth floor, the psychiatric floor, and you know, things got worse in there. They they might have given me more medication, but I, I felt worse. I didn't sleep in there. What I didn't know was that my family was in contact with the program that I now work with that diverts people with serious mental health issues out of Dade County Jail and into the community with a chance for treatment. And that's eventually where I got help. Um, 
Right. So, uh, so in, in terms of you getting help, what was that, uh, that experience like? What helped you? Well, they linked me to community outpatient treatment. I was given medications and it took me a little while to come around, but I started to, uh, I stopped doing drugs and I, I started taking the medication and uh, I started to comply and I got my court case closed out. But uh, it was, you know, I had therapy and therapists and all that, but it was really getting a job and being employed here that helped a big part of me right. to be to be able to be a part of something and show up and make some money and help other people. And, you know, I help other people that were in my position in the community. I've helped over 600 people in the community the last eight years. But it wasn't until I continued to work there, I continued to have my own traumatic issues. And it wasn't until, you know, un the unaddressed trauma that I would still, I would probably cope with alcohol and tobacco because I wasn't doing the drugs and uh, with the medications and talking to therapists. But it wasn't until I got linked up to the Trauma Resolution Center in 2010 that re things really started to change. And it was a, a unique therapy known as TIR or trauma incident reduction that um, that really opened up and changed my views on what I had been through. Uh huh. And uh, I got better. I started to get better. And um, so, and you've been clean I, for uh, for a period of time, right? Uh, I've I've been clean off drugs for eight years and alcohol. I just hit three years, nice. and I'm and I'm active in Alcoholics Anonymous now and helping other people in that as long as as well as my program with people with mental health conditions. But um, it's it's been a long journey, and uh, you know you got something you got to keep working on and keep reminding yourself and stay. Uh, active in your own recovery any particular insight advice you'd give to other people that are uh, working through their uh, traumas yeah just just about the stigma and that the, the, to think that you know you're the only one or that nobody else has been through that and the chances are that maybe nobody's experienced exactly what you've experienced but people a lot of people have something to hide from or something that happened to them in the past. And it's okay to talk about it. Sometimes we think that these people are going to come back and haunt us or they're going to find out or track us down. But if we talk to a, a professional, you know, it's going to relieve the uh, burden. And it's okay to get these feelings out and to, uh, you know, and don't talk to strangers on the street. And you might say, oh, I don't have insurance. I can't go somewhere. But a lot of people... Are willing to help and there's a lot of programs that help the indigent and charge on a sliding scale and there there are resources and hopefully you'll be able to list some of those resources in the community so people can get the help they need absolutely but just yeah. Uh, yeah um and also maybe talk a little bit about how you i know you're an active speaker uh sort of nationally and locally about how you're involved what you're involved with with that Oh, I've traveled the country the last, um, I believe it's been four years, um, working as a, a grant from SAMHSA and um, sharing my recovery story and uh, training juvenile justices and rehabilitations and mental health facilities on the importance of trauma-informed care. Um, there's usually a trauma specialist and then a peer or somebody with a trauma story. 
and they explain the the psychobiology of trauma and what is trauma scientifically and what it does and the ACE study. And then I share my story and it opens people's eyes to the effects of trauma and how to deal with it and what to do and what not to do. And the most important part of the training on most of the facilities are to get rid of the seclusions and restraints because that just makes things worse. And uh, on your experience, did you find, did you encounter any of that stuff, the uh, aggressive kind of uh, staff and whatnot? Um, in jail, yeah, in correction facility, yeah, yeah, they were very aggressive, and uh, the police were nice to me when I got arrested, but uh, being transported by police in other places, they, you know, they just don't know you have a mental health or trauma issue, and I also actually do a CIT training with Miami-Dade police officers now. CIT stands for Crisis Intervention Team, and it's a training that uh, over 4,500 Miami officers have gotten where if a CIT officer is called or you ask for one and you're in a mental health crisis, um, and even for some people that committed small-level misdemeanors, they can still be transported to the hospital if they meet criteria for Baker Act, and the police can Baker Act them. So I help tra- share my story with them, too, to help more people in the community, for them to point out people with mental illness and not take everybody to jail. And is that a program that they have across the country? I mean, this one's specific to Miami, but do they have things like that across the country, I'd imagine? They have CIT across the world. Oh, they do? So, okay. Well, yeah, it's just not utilized in every small town in, in America, but uh, it will be one day, hopefully. So, uh, Any interesting um, you know, insights that you've ga- gathered from uh, speaking and traveling the, uh, the country with this? I mean, they, there's always people that want to help, and there's always people that are resistant to change. And... Uh, you could just if you could just be one of the people that are open and uh to change and to try something new whether on yourself or if you're a, a provider you know there's a lot to be said with that and there's a lot of progress that can be made uh so what what of all the stuff that uh, in your journey that's helped you what would you say that's been the most uh, had the biggest impact on you oh just having f- family and um my own family, a wife, and I have a four-year-old son now, and um, having a stable employment has helped a lot because regardless of financial troubles or relationship problems, it's always good to have a job to go to or family to come home to. It's, it's, a, it's a good support system. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, joining me today, and I really appreciate you sharing your story. All right, Jeff. Well, pretty good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So...